This podcast is reserved for audiences 18 years and older. Hello, and welcome to Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. I'm your host, Brandon. Our next guest has been in the community for five years. He's a member of Onyx and identifies with being a pup, furry, and ABDL. Get ready for some more Leather Talk. This is Brandon, your Mr. Bullet Leather 2020, and today we have Cortez. Hi, Cortez. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> I'm doing good. How about yourself? Pretty good. Where are you logging in from right now? Uh, I'm logging in from Alameda, California, from my apartment. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Very cool. Well, Cortez, for those of us who might not be familiar with who you are, could you give us a little brief snapshot of you? Well, my name is Cortez. My other name for Onyx is K9 Onyx. I am 28 years old. I'm cisgender male, well, black male. I am gay. I've been in the community for almost, well, going on five years now. I've been a part of Onyx for three years, but I knew I knew them a year prior. So wanted to get to know them more before I had joined their organization. I have no titles, but I did run for Mr. Uh, Mr. International Rubber back in 2019. And I... I don't really plan on going for another title as per se right now, okay. but I'm thinking about running for uh, Mr. San Francisco rubber in the future. Once I get new rubber, because I have grown, I have gained weight and mu- more muscle. So I have to buy new rubber because I stretched out of my old rubber. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. We'll definitely get into the, the, the competitions thing. And I will just say, if you guys go on Cortez's Facebook, he, has a ton of muscle. He's super sexy and yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I always like to start off with um, a little bit of an origin story. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I am 28 years old. Oh, you're a year younger than me. Yes. So when did you figure out that you were gay? Like for yourself? So I knew I was gay once I was, I was a little boy. Right when, you, when I was hitting puberty, that those magic years, your <laughs> your adolescent years, I had a dream about. <laughs> it's kind of, it was weird, me jumping from dick to dick at like a nightclub with strobe lights going everywhere. Wait, and, ju- jumping from dick to dick? Yes, like but I was like think about like running, like let's say for instance, you ever seen Naruto before? Yeah. So you know how they ran through the trees? Uh huh. I was running on dicks that way. <laughs> So like, it was like okay. stripper pose, like, like strobe lights. You hear the music, <laughs> and it's like jumping from dicks to dicks. So telling my when I told my mother that I had this dream, she didn't know what to think of it. She just thought, "Oh, he's puberty, he's learning." I'm like, "Oh, he just learned. He's learning about his body and stuff like that." Like, sure, let's go. So this must have been when you were like what, like 11, 12 years old or something. I say around eleven. Around 11. Okay. 
And at that point, did you realize that being gay was even an option or a thought or a thing? Well, I grew up, I'm originally from Georgia. So, you know, the South is not really homo-friendly per se. And especially growing up in a Black household, being gay wasn't technically an option because, so for me, the -hmm. picture of being a Black gay person in Georgia was you act feminine, you act louder in bunches, uh, you know, you're always hang- you always have female friends. You all, you know, it, I want to say say flamboyant to T, but flamboyant enough to where it's too much. Okay, so th- this was a concern of yours. Yes, I, I had questions in regards to like, okay, I have these feelings knowing that I'm gay. Well, not discovering that I may like uh, like boys, mm-hmm. but my personification of being gay was, you know. You didn't really connect with that. No, 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 not at all. Because like growing up, you didn't really see. (laughs) I know people like to say toxic masculinity and stuff like that, because when you describe masculinity, but it's not really much many masculine role. Like for me, masculine gay black role models growing up that just regular gay people, not flamboyant, but like just just regular. I didn't really think about it. I was like, let me just shove this down and, you know do the whole okay i'm black i'm a boy i have to like girls Hmm. did you ever have a thought like because when i was growing up i mean i guess i i accept now my own natural femininity or whatever but i just remember not connecting so much with the fact like like the will and grace version of homosexuality i always thought well i like guys but that must not mean i'm gay because i'm not like that guy on will and grace (laughs) like because that was my representation right did you ever think that it was like a phase like you would grow into liking girls at some point i thought it was Mm -hmm. i I, i'm not gonna lie i thought it was just a phase you know i'm a horny teen i'm a horny preteen i'm just i'm like i'm discovering what jerking off is Finally, like, oh, I can find, I can see tapes with naked people on it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, uh, it's just a phase. I'll, I'll go back to like, I'll go, I'll like girls just like all, any other person growing up. How many gay people were like in your town? Did you know any? There was quite a few. I Well, I can count on hand how many were, but some of them did not, a good bit of them, you know, de- de- uh, down low or discreet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because they didn't want nobody to know that they were, you know, secretly liking dudes or getting fucked by dudes. Right. So the ones I could count on my hand were the flamboyant acting gays. Right. So I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I cannot. No, no, no. It scared you a little bit to yes. associate yourself. So uh, was religion at all a factor in your family as well? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, my mother's side of the family is a very devout Baptist churchgoers. They love back in my hometown we have a family church they always go to mm-hmm. i don't i'm not going to say the name of the church <laughs> they um they have I mean, a if one it's church. the first baptist church they're everywhere so we don't no, know <laughs> like no like majority of, like black churches is like mount zion oh, okay like the one of those the baptist you know the ones who have the long ass devotion service a part of the service like we've been standing up for like 30 minutes right praise okay. the lord <laughs> When when we gonna get to the actual ser- like the actual sermon? Right, right. But my my family, my mother's side of family is very religious. While my father's side of family, they're religious, but 
some of them didn't care. It's like, okay, you like you like, okay, uh, go 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 and get me that drink out of that freeze. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what a non-factor for them. Yes, yes, yes. My father, when my father found out I was gay versus my mother's side of the family, he but of course my father, you know, any anybody family is gonna have those people who talk on um, talk shit and like, oh, I can't believe he's gay, blah, blah, blah. We had some of those in my father's family, but not as many as my mother's side of family. My whole entire mother's side of family was like, not whole entire, but uh, only a handful that I can count on my hand who doesn't really care. So how was that uh, journey? Did you did you like sit down with your parents one day and have a discussion with them or did they uh, just figure it out? This is the magic part. So yeah, this is going to be a story. So <laughs> I found out I was gay and I didn't say anything. Well, both me and my brother going growing up, we he knew that he was high, like dudes and stuff like that. I'm still like mm, I'm the older brother, gotta say the bloodline type stuff, you know, procreate with a woman and everything. But secretly, like I like dudes, you know. Right. So <laughs> me and my brother every so often we would like, especially growing up, like especially from like fifth grade to uh, say high school. Like sometimes we would check out dudes in the uh, school restrooms. Wait a second, you so your younger brother is gay? My twin brother is gay. I have a twin brother that's gay as well. Wait, hold up, <laughs> hold on. Wait a second. So you have two brothers? No, I have. I no, no. I just oh, you have, have an identical twin. I have a. Di- I have an identical twin who's also gay. Yes. Okay, hold on. Let's hit the pause button for a second because. <laughs> you're you're gonna hate this question because I'm sure everyone's asked you this question, but. I've always thought that if I had a hot twin brother that in my exploration of growing up, because I mean, like, I like myself and I would have sex with myself. It, it, was that ever? I mean, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to. But like, were you guys a part of each other's sexual exploration growing up? Oh, uh, no, because, you know, that's more. I, OK, so I'm from Georgia. So <laughs> okay. it's from the South. You know, all Southern states have make fun of each other. You know how like, how we so close to Alabama. So every time they're like, <laughs> oh, I see. That's a, so when people say that, I'm like, that's a, no, we would, of course I wouldn't do that. That's an Alabama type shit going off. Like, <laughs> I, we we do not, we do not get down like that. We are not from Alabama. We are from Georgia. We are okay. Cl- so there was classy like a country stigma folk. there. <laughs> yes, we are classy country folk. I see. Not, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so the most the most we got out of that was like looking at people, like like I said earlier, Together, we're going to the yeah. like. Not look at people together, but we'll come. We'll like make a list at the end of the day. Like, so we'll go to the restaurant as many times as we can during the day for school. And like, we'll be like, you know, intentionally looking at other people's dicks. Got it. Okay. So you, you have. <laughs> so we'll be trading. We'll be like, at the end of the day, when we're going to bed for the night, because we slept in the same room. So we, but we slept in different beds. Okay. So like at, at, at night, when we know our parents are asleep, like, so who did you see the, uh, today? Like, are they, are they big? Are they small? Like, so we used to do that. So. so you guys are like partners in crime growing up. Yes. My brother, my brother is like my very, very, very best friend because growing up, we didn't really make friends that often because we, we were badass children. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody didn't, and plus we were, we were, we weren't the average black person, black child growing up. Um, my mother made it a point to teach us, uh, make sure that we didn't, because we didn't really grow up in a, we weren't poor, poor, but we weren't, we didn't have a lot of money. So growing up in a low class area, because we grew up in Section 8 housing, um, growing up in a low, low, you know, not really de- a brain developmental place, she was trying to make sure we didn't act like, you know, 
the all the other black children who you know parents who didn't care what their children were doing. So my mother made sure she speeded into us <laughs> that we act right. So we didn't have the luxury to act like regular black black children, not regular black children, but where we grew up in. So they picked on us and made fun of us. So. So your mom, she she really wanted you guys to be like elevated. Yes, yes. She wanted us to not end not end up like her, but be better than her. Because mm-hmm. she didn't want. She saw how the children acted. Like, oh no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like that with parents. You know, they want better for their kids than what they had when they were growing up. Um. Okay. So back to like how you, your how did you end up telling your parents that you were gay or did they found out? Oh, I went to I got in the Navy. Years and years and years later. So my twin brother came out before I did. Uh-huh. And so once like I was gauging, or like, I was just too afraid. Like, no, 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 I'm going to be quiet. I'm gonna be quiet. I'm wait. So yeah, oh, let's see how she will take it. So my brother decided one day, like, I'm going to tell mommy that, I, that I'm gay. I was like, good luck with that. So uh, <laughs> I'm going uh, to and see how she reacts. And then I may tell her that, you know, I like the penis. Okay. But, um, when my brother told my twin brother Trey told her that he was gay, my mother didn't really take it all that well because she didn't know how to raise a child that like men. You know, she mm. there's a typical black parent who like, oh my god, my son's gay. What I'm supposed to do? But on the other hand, I was I, like, I was thinking like, that's still your son in the, the day, regardless of where he likes dick or pussy. So it doesn't really matter. It's the end of the day, he's still your son. You should love him no matter what. Like, if he wanted to like marry a car, he's like, oh, I'm happy for you and concerned, but you're still my child. I still love you. You know, right? Exactly. No one's making them marry the car, like yes, or the dude or whatever. And then so once you found out their reaction. How did you end up navigating your own coming out? I waited till I left because uh, my mother didn't take it all that well. She said some very hurtful things mm-hmm. to my brother. A lot of things that happened in regards to he he's constantly moving in and out of the house. She just didn't know how to raise a gay, ch- a gay son. She didn't really know what to do. So I can sympathize her to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But I still don't. I, I didn't. That's what made me so scared. The way she treated my brother. I'm like. Well, I'm gonna shut the fuck up. I'm gonna wait till I leave, and I'm like, she can't do. Until you didn't have to rely on. Yes, yes, yes. So I waited. I was a year into the Navy. Everything, you know, sailors, seamen, you know, good times. Okay, we're gonna have a talk about that in a minute. (laughs) So I waited till. So every so often, you know, ships uh, prior to going on deployment, we're supposed to go out for X amount of days or weeks to run um, tests and make sure equipment's running before we go on deployment because nothing's worse to go on deployment and stuff doesn't work. So we uh, we call it under underway. Underway lasts for a couple of days or like a week or two. So it was underway and we can still receive phone calls, still okay. <laughs> use internet on the ships. But sometimes the, the phone calls go in and out. So I decided well, I'll take it upon myself one night. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to finally live in my truth. I'm going to tell my mother. It was back in 2014. I was underway. I decided I want to call her. Like, I'm hoping this call drops. I'm hoping to God that this call drops. Why I tell my mother before she can hear the I'm gay part. So we're underway. 
I'm like, mom has on Italian. She's like, what is it, babe? You know, I love it. Is this? She's like, is it life threatening? You okay? Do I need to come out there and what's mass in the middle of the sea? I'm getting nervous right now. <laughs> I don't get nervous. So I was like, uh, I'm gay. And I was hoping like the like the phone would cut out like eh, eh, eh. and I'm like yes yes so, like shout out to repeat it I already said it once so I asked what you tell me I'm like I don't I didn't say anything just but I wasn't that lucky she heard everything I'm like oh she's like I love you no matter what blah blah, blah. you still my son I couldn't really tell that you was gay you act so you act like a regular dude I don't understand like so like, you watch all these sports and stuff like that I'm like I just you sure you're gay? You sure it's not a phase? I'm like, I'm sure it's not a phase. Yeah, phases don't last for 20 years. You know, it's funny because my partner, husband now, is very masculine. And just, I mean, if you were going off of that stereotypical standard, you wouldn't know he's gay if you're going, you know, off of those um, stereotypes. Because he likes football. He likes cars. Like, he's very masculine. He's pe- A lot of people can't really tell that he's gay until he, like, brings it up or comes up or, you know, I walk in the room. So do you think your mom was sort of primed with your brother coming out? Because it seemed like she had a pretty manageable reaction yes because i wasn't she said oh you're not like your brother how your brother was coming out so i'm good i see it was easier for her to take it from you because you present more masculine mm-hmm. okay and my brother he present he's masculine but it's just you know, i wouldn't say he's he's just a little flamboyant but he's not feminine at all okay <laughs> he's not yeah. but it's just like my mother like we would both me and him went through it like a little emo phase, you know, how children, kids, like growing in high school, especially in middle school, you know, you have your your little phase, like, oh, my life is hard and forget the world. So that was me and my brother, you know, because we didn't, we weren't your average black people because we listen to rock music. And black people was like, oh, that's some white people shit. Like, what are you doing? And like, rock <laughs> music is good. What are you talking about? Black people also, black people invented rock and roll. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> So where are we now with the parents? I mean, this was several years ago now. Uh, have they come to terms with everything or are they still kind of dealing with the same issues? My father doesn't care as usual. He's like, oh, as long as you find somebody you love, you're good. I'm good. As long as he doesn't hurt you, I'm good. Because I will fuck a person up. Like, you can't really do anything. You're an old man now. Yeah. yeah. What you going to do? You're going to talk their head off. But my mother, on the other hand, I get the occasional, like, why couldn't you be straight? Like, you know, jo- jokingly, of course, now. But she's like, I wish you wasn't straight so I can get some bait grandkids out of you. Like, no, no, no. G- granted, I can adopt or, you know, get surrogate. But I'd rather live my fantasy of having children through my brother. I have a little brother and sister, too, as well. Okay. Uh, so there's four of us in total. So someone's going to pull in some grandchildren. I mean. Oh, no. Oh, my, my little brother, our little brother already has two children. Okay. So. So That's I'm not... living my fantasy of having children through them. There you go. And you know, my sister has, my younger sister has two children and I'm like, okay, I can visit them and hang out with them. And then when they cry, I can hand them back. <laughs> exactly. I was like, see, my plan is like hop his children all like on sugar. Like, here you go. They're your problem now. Yeah, Thank exactly. me later. Bye. Like, they go like, fuck you, Tay. Fuck you. Like, no, you're welcome. It's my duty. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the Navy. I I didn't realize that you were in the Navy um, until you just mentioned it now. So gay sex in the Navy? Is that a thing? Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> what, 
do you mean? Unfortunately, that sounds super hot to me. I mean, so when you think sailors, you automatically think butt pirates. Okay. So, <laughs> so I was in the Navy for seven years, and I got out after my after my seven years because because I, I thought Trump was going to get reelected again. So I'm like, let me get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mm, can't do this because I mean, even seven years is a long time. Yeah, because I joined right after they abolished. Don't ask, don't tell. So, you know, you have a large influx of, you know, LGBTQ people coming in, like, oh, I can save my country, or they're proudly coming out in the uh, the military because, you know, they don't have to hide anymore. But there was still the discrimination, I want to say. That's not the right word because, like, it didn't stop people from treating you differently once you're in the military. Exactly. They're more more out with it now. Like, oh, I can openly hate you now instead of like, I can't really snitch and you make know, you get out of the military, but right. I can still make life hard for you. Right. So that's why I didn't come out. I didn't say anything in the Navy until like I, they found out once I told my mother on the phone because, you know, there's not really much privacy on a ship. So, and especially on the ship, it's like the one little rumor can be spread just like that. Cause it's, so- it's a small, it's like a small city. So it's like, I mean, what changed for you in the Navy after that? Okay. Uh, people assumed that I was still I would want to you know have sex with them. You know the standard thing that straight people do in the real world yeah. when they like, oh you're trying to hit on me like trust me, if I wanted to hit on you it would have been already I would already did it. Yeah. But and I hate that because I'm like you're not even cute. What do you mean? What, I want to have sex with you. <laughs> exactly. I'm like you. You don't look all that glamorous. Yeah. Just, no, no, thank you. So you still get I still get I still got mistreated or they want to touch me or hang out with me because you know I was they they was hanging out with me before I they knew I was gay. We was going to the beach bars even though I wasn't I like, I wasn't out out you know they will go to strip club gay well not gay strip clubs but we'll go to straight strip clubs and they'll pay for lap dances for me to go in the back room and I would tell the ladies like no thank you you can you're not my cup of tea. Uh, so did you make any other gay friends while you were there once you came out? I would say acquaintances, not friends. Okay. Because there, you still have some gay people who are catty in the Navy. There's no, I had no problem with catty because, you know, it could be, you know, I, I like it sometimes because I like the drama and stuff like that. But it can be to the point where, like, too much. So you didn't really find, like, a gay community you connected with in the Navy at all? No, not really. Okay. Did you have any sexy times oh yes uh especially on the small ships because you know you have different places where you can have sex at like fan rooms or engine rooms and stuff like that some fun times you know servicing and being serviced do you care to share with us one of your sexy stories from the life out at sea <laughs> so it was right when i when I, right when i came out and stuff there on the ship and everything a month went by, and then we went on another underway. So we went out to sea again for like a couple of days. I'm still doing work and stuff like that during, like, in, um, on the ship and stuff like that during the day. Normally, the end of the day ends around like 1600, four or five o'clock p.m. for that day. And like, I go back to my rack because you know I'm getting ready to change my like regular clothing. I see a note under my pillow. Tell me, uh, I know, Uh-oh. I know that you're gay. Meet me in the fan room at, at this location at this time. Oh my god! Uh, you weren't scared that this was like bait to go like someone to beat you up or something. If they want to beat me up, they would have been dead already. And I'm not. A, I'm not as weak as they think they think I am. 
So I'm even I, I wasn't this big, but I still had uh, quite a little bit of size on me in the Navy. So okay. they knew unless you were like a big boy, I'm still going to give you a tussle regardless. <laughs> but like I, I, I made I made out. I'm just coming out winning. That's that's my that's my. So you have no idea who this mystery person is. No, no, and... no, 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 no. Okay, so you go and you you met him there. So I let. So he said like in the note, it said like leave the note on top of the lockers in this spot, so I know that you want to meet up. So I was curious, you know, because I was like, it's been a couple of days. <laughs> I'm horny and like this is kind of hot. Yeah. So I checked yes, folded it back up, and placed it on top of the locker. When it came time to meet up at said fan room, I was outside the fan room, like nerd, like so. The fan rooms are basically, like, you know, exhaust rooms are where we have like our cooling, like not cooling, but you know, exhaust cooling down the engines, basically. Right. Okay. So because it's loud and nobody can hear you. Oh my god, this is getting hotter by the minute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I like. Hearts pounding and everything. Well, like, you know what? The worst they can do is like give me like restriction. Don't really care. Uh, so I like I went in and it was actually a person from higher chain of command that I knew because I it was like an it was like an officer on the ship and I like no way. I was like okay, and I tried to be okay. My God! So uh, <laughs> we went up, um, give each other head and. When I separate ways. Oh my God. That is so hot. And pretended and pretended it never happened. That is so hot. Because in the Navy, I was an administrative clerk, so I was a yeoman. So I our job was to know, technically know everybody on the ship. Oh, you got to know them. So I like once I found a person, I'm like, <laughs> I know exactly who I and I know your record. So uh, <laughs> huh, interesting. I love that. Wow. What a sexy story. Was that your first gay sexual experience? On the ship. On the ship. Okay. Mm-hmm. My first gay sexual experience was Craigslist. Oh, oh my gosh. You were brave. Okay. You can't stop there now. <laughs> you got to tell us the story. So, you know, oh, the, Craigslist is where I also learned how to bottom properly. Because growing up, you didn't really have, can't really talk to somebody like, so how do you clean out? Wait, yeah, what? it's not something you ask dad during the sex talk. Yes. So I learned through meeting people on Craigslist how to properly bottom and clean out and stuff like that. So it's kind of embarrassing, but now that I look back at it, I'm glad I have older people who I found on Craigslist because, you know. So how did that look? Did you go searching for ads or did you post an ad yourself? I did both. Okay. <laughs> I did both. Because <laughs> I was like, I was so curious and like, okay, I finally, I'm, I finally out this experience being gay. Yeah, let's do and, it. And like, I didn't really know how where to look for gay people because majority of the scene, uh, majority of people I seen was you know the flamboyant just like the ones you see on like Big Brother you, like, like my key to success is backstabbing and lying so like <laughs> I don't want to find gay people like that I really don't I can't right. do it right. so I'm like I'm gonna find like older I guess, I guess that's why I found my have my attraction for older older men now because <laughs> I was looking on Craigslist and I was like mm, older people because they're more experienced and they know what they're they're doing so i was looking through the little you know the person asked and they had it i was like oh some of these people look good so i had a dude up big tall black dude i think he was six foot he had a big ass dick 
Those of you who are listening, his eyes just like popped out of his head right I now. I was like surprised. I'm like, <laughs> what are you going to, what am I going to do with this layout? So that's where I learned how to suck dick properly because I was like, I, I told the dude like, this is my first time ever doing anything gay. So like, okay, so you're going to suck my dick, but you're not going to put any teeth on my dick. I'm like, okay. So I tried, but he had a big ass dick, but I'm like, my jaw's tired. I can't do this. And I told him I was a virgin and stuff like that. Like, I had never been fucking the ass. He's like, ooh, I'll, I'll be happy to take your chair. You're like, so, uh, I mean, did he fuck you with that baseball bat of a dick? He tried. Okay. But I was like, no, 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 no. I, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. No, 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 no. You know, you, when you first bought him for the first yeah. time, like, I hurts. It hurts. <laughs> he's like, you have just to re- figure out your body. Yeah. He's like, just relax. Just relax. It hurts. It hurts. You got a big ass dick, man. It hurts. It hurts. So, I, I mean, it's easy for the top to say relax, but it's just like, it's like, okay, a bomb is going off and someone's telling you, relax. Like <laughs> you're literally stabbing me in the asshole with your huge cock. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, "Ooh, never calling him again." But that got you started. Yes, but he kept. He never lost my number. Well, not, well when I was stationed there was right. in, the, uh, in Florida, I was right. this happened, happened all in Florida. Um, so after that one, I kept, I can continue it on with Craigslist. So I posted, posted, I took little pictures of my ass and everything. Like I thought it was a little cute little thing and posted them on like, Oh, look, a little short, little sailor looking for man to fuck me and blah, blah, blah. Like, so I got little hits and everything. Like, Oh, you, you look short. You look sexy, shorty. Come on. Let me, let me break that in and everything. Well, you know, the good stuff. Right. Right. So, so do you, I, did you, I guess it sounds like you started off as more of a bottom. Do you identify as mostly a bottom today? I'm more verse and learning to, oh, I'm a switch to, I'm learning to explore my dom side because uh, my, one of my partners, one of my four partners, um, he's helping me get more comfortable in doming people. Cause when I go, when I, I went to go visit him for new years and we had a threesome and um, he had me top his little, his little, side piece okay okay <laughs> he's, he's kinky too all right no that's hot that's hot well let's talk about your 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 kink and leather experience i see you i mean obviously you're a member of onyx and everything how did you first experience or where's your first encountered leather or kink i discovered i was kinky first okay my first first time going to a gay bar was uh i think it was a baltimore eagle of course it was an eagle <laughs> so i guess Transfer duty stations, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna be real gay. We're gonna like meet gay because uh, I was with uh, my boyfriend at the time had moved and moved in with me to Virginia. He's like, well, we're gonna like be actual gay couple. I'm gonna meet gay, have gay friends, so you know, live the gay dream. So I was researching gay bars that were close by, and I didn't really like. Uh, there was a lo- local gay bar, but it was mostly uh for everybody. I was just trying to find a my first gay bar so we went to the baltimore eagle i love how like you pick the hardest gay bar like <laughs> you could have picked any other bar that was like foofy or whatever and easy to get a drink and just but you go into like an eagle where people are probably cruising kinky and like pissing on each other oh that's why they had the upstairs one for <laughs> <laughs> so that's what when the baltimore eagle had their little you know that you know, they had a leather bar downstairs. Okay. So they had the, the Baltimore had three sta- dance floors. So, you know, you had the main dance floor, 
Then you have the the leather bar area in the back. And then upstairs is the dance floor. So, and then, you know, that's, and then also when I went, they used to have the store. Okay. And they had the leather store right across from the uh, other dance floor upstairs. So the night I went was, it was underwear night. So I was nervous. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go to a bar. We're going to underwear night. Luckily, my boyfriend at the point in time, he was big. So he's like, I'll protect you, baby. Like, sure you can. <laughs> so um, I got down to my underwear. I was like so nervous. I was like, oh, my first gay bar. Oh my God. And then what caught my eye was right across the hallway from the dance floor was the leather store. Mm. Well, you know, the Baltimore Eagle store. Yeah. And that's where I bought my first harness at. That night? That night. Wow. It was $200, but it was worth it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Mine was expensive they, too. They didn't, like, they didn't have the size I want that, that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I had to go. It was like, it was too big on me, but now I grown on, I grown into it. So now like, I, I think once I grow out of it, eventually I'll pass it on to another person. Like this is my very first harness. This is very sentimental to me and like mentor somebody, but Right now, I can't be no daddy, nobody's daddy right now. No, no, no. <laughs> too much, too much responsibility. That's really awesome, though, because I mean, your first piece of leather has a story to it. Like that was your first time at a gay bar, period. So it was really like my boyfriend at the time. He's like, he's like, why are you buying this? Like, this is kinky shit. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm kinky. Like, I'm starting to learn learn different things because that's when I like, I, I started learning like it, there is a fetish for younger guys liking older men. Which I have gotten com- comfortable admitting now that I'm into young, uh, older man because I never really vibed with people my age because you know they weren't on the same level of maturity I I I, I am at right now. Yeah, I, I think different from regular. Like I'm a millennial, you know, what I'm saying <laughs> I, I'm a millennial, but I don't think the same way as regular millennials do. So that's what makes me think I'm different a little bit. Mm-hmm. Me and my twin brother don't think the same way as millennials. My mother liked to call me and my twin brother old souls. Yeah, I, I totally vibe with you on that. Uh, when I was growing up, a lot of my friends were actually older people. And I've I've always been into older men. I still remember one of the first times I had sex was with like a guy in their 50s. And I was like 19, 20. But it was the same. It was for the same reason that you were saying earlier. It's like, oh, they have experience, and also, like, I at the time. I mean, I'm sure this is this is a stereotype, of course. But like, at the time, my experience with people my age was like, how do you put it? Like, ugh, just ugh, back off, hand in the face. Like, yeah, I don't know how to describe that. No, I get what you're saying because that's well, I grew up it. They thought gays were like that. Like, oh. Uh, very very catty like yeah. oh, i don't have time for you exactly or, you know yeah. it, it, i'm like okay whatever i don't have time for deal with this so that's I, I feel you on that because like with mature people it's like they at least majority of them got that out of the system <laughs> so is that what kind of got you closer into the leather scene i mean i feel like a lot of older like the leather scene tends to be an older crowd yes because i like i got turned on by you know all the daddies. older man yeah all the daddies wearing leather and stuff they're like ooh, ooh, ooh. i think that's part of the reason why I like my one of my partners right now because he's muscular he, he's he's 43 mm-hmm. and he's muscular and everything and he just looks so hot like i got him to put on leather like oh yeah so you gotta get rid of this more often <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's what drove me in because like I, I like older people and like the leather community like had older people and, like I, I like muscles as mm-hmm. you can tell 
So looking at the like the older muscular man in leather doming or you know submitting to leather while wearing leather was so hot to me. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to learn more because I was looking at porn like that, like they was pissing on each other. Like, yeah, that looks kind of hot. Oh, okay. But like <laughs> I thought it was nasty at first. And oh mm-mm. I was I will admit that I was like, I was one of the gay crews, like. Why you want to do all this extra stuff? Like, why? But then I started looking, like, researching more. Like, oh, oh, <laughs> okay. So, like, once I found out about kinks and fetishes, I made a list of things I think I would like to try. And then I think once once I found out that I was kinky, I talked to my partner in regards to having an open relationship. I told him that because like, that's when I started to get to know Onyx as a whole, and like. Daddy Rod, uh, that lives in this part of the Southeast chapter, he told me about a book called The Ethical Slut, which I recommend every leather person who wants to join the community to read. And it showed me that you may be into things that your partner may not be into, mm-hmm. or vice versa. And it would be beneficial for you to have an open relationship in regards to having a healthy relationship with your partner because you don't want to be cooped up in that, like, okay, I can only try these kinks for the rest of my life. Right. You oh have to God. limit who you are and, and and your spectrum of things based off yes. of somebody else's boundaries, which, you know, I guess it's always a compromise. But so how did that talk go with your partner at the time? Um, We started off good, but he eventually left me. This didn't really work out well. Okay. That, that was my biggest fear with my partner as well as I discovered more and more things I was into. We had that discussion and... I was honestly afraid that like we would grow apart because he wasn't into all of the things that I was discovering. And I mean, luckily we've been able to have a functional relationship now for now over seven years, but I I think that was a total anomaly. I don't think that it works out every time like that. No, no. And then I tried finding like once that relationship ended, I waited a little bit and then found, try to find me, you know, I was so young and trying to join, I guess, can you really say join if you like just start figuring out your own self in the community? I don't know. I I always say that, like, I was bobbing around the community for a while. I mean, because we don't get membership cards, like, or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I was exploring, in my early exploration, yeah, yeah. I thought I would want to be a slave. Because, like, I was bottoming and stuff like that. I'm like, Okay, I already serve in the military. It's, it's, it's like my bread and butter in the military. You know, I do as I told, you know, I follow orders. I think being a sub is like being a, a slave it's like or sub submissive to somebody would be the perfect fit, uh-huh. you know. And I started trying to be wanting to be somebody's slave. And like, uh, this one, I was looking at this perspective, sir, and stuff like that. And he was, he was okay until like, you know, when you're a slave, you t- they'd say you have no rights, no no privacy, no freedom, you know, hmm. the, st- the standard stuff, which is, you know, that's all, you know, that's the whole thing for master slave. Never, I, I respect that, you know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's that's what the person signs up for. I'm not going to say you have to abide by it, but. That was, yeah, but, with, it, with your situation with him, that was what you were signing up for. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, He went through my phone one day and that's when I started making friends with Onyx. And one of them was joking and called me a sir. And that, sir, automatically assumed that I was trying to, you know. Step outside of your bounds. Yes. I was, and I had to tell him, like, no, 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 no. It's nothing like that. 
you know, they just joking. Like if you go through the whole entire thing, you see that he's joking. Yeah. And he didn't believe me. So he kicked me out of his house that day. And um, I had to stay with my friend, uh, one of the Onyx friends I was getting to know. And um, ended that. And I thought, like, maybe this is not for me, you know. If I'm gonna meet peace people like that, where they automatically assume that I'm like I'm over here free willy, like take me. I would venture to say that I mean, just based off of what you're saying, that that wasn't a healthy relationship. No, I learned at the time that I, I don't have to settle for that. Yeah. Um, when I see that perspective, sir, I still get meltdowns. I have panic attacks because you know, like. I really did start to like the dudes and stuff like that, and I really wanted to be his slave, but he automatically assumed that or I was pulling around behind his back, like, no, 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 it wasn't that. And then once he did kick me out, he automatically assumed I was going to beg him to take me back. But one thing that people don't know about me is I don't beg to be with people. You know, my mother never raised me. I saw my mother, how my mother was treated by my father because he, he wasn't the greatest of man, you know, mm-hmm. single, you know, they was never married on and off again, boyfriend and girlfriend. My father sometimes cheated on my mother, you know, and I saw how my mother was like treated and stuff like that. And she always went back to him. I didn't want that for myself. I never want to be in a relationship where I always get mistreated and still take them back. I told myself I would never beg any individual, whether male or female. I still keep that to this very day. So after I left that, sir, I waited a little bit and want and still exploring myself and meeting brothers to Onyx, but I was exploring who Cortez was. Uh-huh. That's when I found a wonderful sir named Master Mac. He he still looked good. He's still he he's a bear to me. He's a bear now, but like he he was a bear when I met him. And he was like, girl, like oh because I met him at Pride in 2017 in DC. Okay. Uh, Capital Pride. And I was, we was walking on the streets and stuff like that. I was with my friend Dominion. We was walking the streets. And like, that's when uh, Mac was starting to be, Master Mac was starting to get to know Onyx as a whole because he was talking about joining and stuff like that. And that's when I met him on the street. Like, ooh. And I was like, <laughs> I, was like I was like, I was like, you know, when I meet people and I really like, I get shy. You are so adorable. Like, <laughs> I wish everyone could see your, his face right now, but <laughs> you are adorable. So I was so shy, I'm like, uh, I can't really form complete since like, hi. <laughs> I'd be like, hi, my name's Cortez. But that relationship <laughs> with that sir was different from your past experience. How was that unique? He showed me, he, he showed me compassion. He, he, un, he's understanding. Uh-huh. He doesn't automatically jump to conclusions. He's, we, we talk, we have an open line of communication. When I first met him, he was like, he, he was like, they were both shut oh, because he was with his partner. That's also his sub too. That I'm also, because we're in a, that's who I'm, this is one of my partners. Eventually, they wound up being my partners eventually. So before then, he was just like, I asked, I would ask the man, like, who's he? Like, what's his name? He's like, oh, this is Steven. He's visiting from California. I'm like, oh, hey, Steven. How you doing? And luckily, he meet, he met up with us at brunch the next day. And like, I was still shy to talk to them because I don't really, I get really shy when I talk to new people. Yeah. Like, hi. You know, like, so I'll eat my food. Like, you know, I wouldn't really like, really talk. Like, how are you doing? And then like, he started talking about cartoons. And I, that's when it, I automatically woke up and started talking more. I asked him, uh, will he be my sir? Not, not, not at that moment, but like, and then I met them again at Blackout. 
my first very first blackout with Onyx in Louisiana. I really appreciate them. They I really they've been really good to me. I love them so much. And it went from two, then they we invited Lewis as Pub Venture into our group and our poly group. And I have a side not a side boyfriend, but a side relationship besides the pack. It's CJ, like I mentioned earlier, who's a big muscle, dark skin chocolate man. Oh my gosh, it sounds like you're living the life. <laughs> I guess, but it's just like I'm being I, I'm I'm in authentic with me because like they all four of them love me for me. Hopefully, I hope. <laughs> as far as I, I know. But I mean, what a stark difference from the person who didn't take the time to understand you and without question just kicked you out of the house to now you have a family of people who really love you for who you are, you know? Because it's not just my partners who love me for who I am. It's my Onyx chapter who does too, because they're like family to me too. That's why I love Onyx, because we may have our, you know, differences or gripes and complaints about what chapter is better or, you know what other chapters are doing, but at the end of the day, we still come together as a family. You know, I have a lot of friends in different chapters and I love them. Like they're like family to me. I have my big brother who like was my pledge big brother. I love him to death. He's my family. He's, he's like, like my family. I love him. So. Tell us a little bit about how you got into Onyx in the first place. When did you first hear about it and what got you interested? I first heard about Onyx when I went to visit my brother during Atlanta Pride weekend in 2017. And was just very intrigued about leather and everything. Like, oh, there's black people that's in the leather? Oh, my God. Like, I didn't... Well, okay. This is new. Because, like, when you hear, think about leather, like, the, the porn's eyes swatch, you know. There's mostly white people, you know, wearing leather and stuff like that. You don't really see much black people doing it versus, like, you see Mark Williams when he did porn. And I was the only black person I saw that was in leather. So... When I, once I met Daddy Rod, Daddy Rod is a good looking man, by the way. Ooh, ooh. Good looking man. He has a nice ass too. But I met him at Atlanta on Leather Pride weekend. Uh, my brother introduced me to him. And he said, I'm like, oh, you should join join Onyx. I'm like, what's Onyx? Leather Manicunner Organization. Uh, I'm like, that sounds interesting. Are y'all only here or He's like, oh, we have different chapters and stuff like that. You should try to uh, like where you live right now. I told him I live I lived in Virginia at that point in time. So you should join the Mid Atlantic chapter. They live in DC and stuff like that. It just it's only a short drive away. Sometimes it's four hours, so it's okay. So they gave me uh content information for one of the brothers named uh Quiet Storm Onyx. Last uh, the next time I was in DC, I hit him up. That's when I was going to the crew club. So when I went to the crew club, I'm like, uh, let me tell them I know some Onyx people here. Like, it's like, oh, that Onyx, one of the Onyx dudes. Like, I hit him up and everything. And then that following weekend, I came back up. And that so happens to be DC Leather Weekend. High convenience. <laughs> so I got to uh, meet the other brothers who was a part of Onyx. And uh, I kicked, went to that bar night and hit it off from there. Uh, met Demi that weekend. He helped protect me from a person who was trying to, like, prey on me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Dominion is who recommended you to come on the show as well. So thank you, Dominion, if you're listening. Dominion's a very good friend, mentor. It's all around. He's a, an amazing person. Mm-hmm. That's how I met Onyx. Once I like, got to know them and stuff like that, I was interested in pledging, pledged with them, and now I'm here. Could you maybe describe to us one or two moments of maybe the pledge process or maybe your experiences with Onyx so far that just kind of sets it apart from other organizations for you? Well, it's very people of color oriented in regards to, I don't feel like we're being tokenized. 
I'm not saying any other organizations, organizations do that. Let me just get that straight. But I just feel like when you look at other clubs, you see that one or two sprinkle of black people. To me, it just feels like, oh, let me add some color so I can fill my quota. Mm-hmm. And it's from what I've seen, but I've seen some club organizations, some clubs who are very genuine of black people joining and stuff. I just I feel more comfortable with person of color organization versus mm-hmm. a white organization that allows black people to join their organization. You know, I feel more comfortable with join a black organization well not just black but you know personal people of color right but i don't feel i don't feel like i'm out of place or uncomfortable okay that's one of the things i value onyx for they don't make me feel uncomfortable i feel like i fit in no matter how i act or how i present because we have feminine presenting um, brothers we have a lot of brothers that, that live different ways of life uh-huh. and i feel comfortable they they let me know don't be ashamed of who you are feel comfortable be you live your best life be your true authentic self that's why i'm glad i joined honest because they, they you know is, i'm not afraid to be who i am and are you still part of the mid-atlantic is it mid-atlantic chapter that you said you were part of? yes i am a part of still a part of Mid-Atlantic chapter <clears throat> now earlier you, you mentioned you have an onyx name did you say yes. canine yes k9 like actually the letter k oh, and like then the k9 okay yes did you come up with that name or was that name given to you? My, that name was given to me by my big brother during our process. We, uh, we, uh, that's one of the things that we don't get to choose our Onyx. Well, we ch- we can choose our Onyx names, but during the process, our big brothers, they're supposed to get to know us. and Bestow upon you a name. Yes. And my big brother saw that I was in the military. I'm very loyal. So what they like, huh, canine seems fitting. And now you go by Cortez. Is that the name you chose for yourself, or? Oh, that's my middle name. <laughs> oh, that's your middle name. Okay. Yes. <laughs> got it. So I just figured, like, oh, I like Cortez more. It sounds better than Devonte because you know, you get every so often I get people pronounce my first name wrong. So I was like, here's Cortez. You can never go wrong with Cortez. It sounds just like Cortez. You cannot say it wrong. There we go. Just think either Nike or Hanada Cortez. You're good. You're good. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about your fetishes. You're you're into uh, many things. Actually, you know what? Before we do that, let's talk about rubber because I know you said earlier you ran for international rubber. So you I you identify with rubber as well. Yes. I'm both a leather man and a rubber man. What made you decide to run for international rubber? When you think rubber, you don't think for me at least I didn't see a lot of black people into rubber. Okay. You know. I wanted to not only let people know that yeah black people wear rubber but the, the other black people who wear rubber like it's okay to, to come out let's be present you know we're, we can't show people that we're not you know we're here in the shadows let's come out to light saying we proudly love rubber and stuff like that because it's not i really see that much of black people wearing rubber you know uh-huh. so i'm like this seems very white dominated let's let's bring some color into here so and like besides a black person trying to win mr there was only one person of color who won MR, and that was his name was Preston, but he he was uh, uh he he was uh part of the I don't want to say Asian because is, is Asian an umbrella term? I don't know. I know I know um who you're talking about though, Preston. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I followed him during his MR journey, and he didn't really get as much publicity as the, all the others, and it. it made me a little bit upset because I'm like, how can we sit in and have a person of color went in my R? But yet when it comes time to put his face on different things, get interviews, just like any other 
a white title holder and stuff like that, how come he's not getting looked at versus, you know what I'm saying? It irked it, it, it me the wrong way because I'm like, we're supposed to be an opening and understanding community, yet he's barely getting any publicity. He's barely getting any scene. Like, you're, you're lucky if you can see him at a different event if they don't, if they say something. You know. So it was re- running for, I mean, besides being into rubber, I guess, as a fetish, I, it was important for you to kind of lead and be an example. Yes. I didn't, I didn't place anything, but it was still like, I still gave him my all and stuff on that stage. Like, Hey, we're here. We're right. here. Cause when I went to run, uh, I saw another black person. He's like, I am so glad I'm seeing more, more, more people like us here. I'm like, and I, that you're not the first person to express that same sentiment. So, do you plan on running again? I give it a couple more years. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to because I when I went to when I ran for MIR, I didn't have a title at all. I ran because they give you give you an option where you can you can run for Mister International Rubber with or without a title. I at least want to win a title, get my face out there, get my name out there a little bit more, and then hopefully I have. Now I might say if I get my name out there, I'm gonna win, but like I get more, you know, I'm I'm seen more. Right. People know my name, like instead of like, who is this person again? And they look because they look at your application, like, oh, I never heard of this dude. He's running, unap- he's running, um, no title without a title. Like, how, what can he bring to the table? That there's a little bit of a resume there that you want to build. Yes. Would you run for a leather title or some other title? I have thought about running for a leather title because you have at least the, even even with a leather title, you have more freedom to wear what you want to wear. Like, like oh i want to wear i want to wear some i want to wear a jeans and t-shirt today so like a lot of duck shop out 24 7 you can wear that with the with the sash so i thought i thought about running for a little title like hmm. is, is it a different attitude for you the rubber versus the leather yes and no wearing leather i still feel sexy but with wearing rubber i feel sexier because my first introduction to rubber was catwoman from batman okay because once yeah. I saw, uh, I forgot, I forgot her name was Kenny. Oh god! But when she cracked that whip, I was like, at a young age, my father showed me like, oh, I got like I had got goosebumps. Like, oh, that's hot! Oh my gosh! <laughs> but I guess I learned I was a BDSM like at an early age. I was like, oh, that's. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about your kinks and fetishes. You're into rubber. You're into leather. I remember when we spoke earlier. You mentioned ABDL and furry. Yes. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about ABDL first. Uh, how do you engage with, with that fetish, and how did you come across it, and how to become part of Well, I'm a little. I'm a little. I wear, I'm a adult baby, so I'm more of the a, AB spectrum than the DL spectrum. Okay. Um, I find it very, be very therapeutic. I used to be in the pup community, but I, trans- I transformed from pup to wolf. Okay. Um, but... With, a, with being an AB, ABDL helps me helps me escape. Just like I, going to pup mode helps you escape from the world and stuff like that. Being a little helps me do that same thing too. I have to have I have somebody else make my decisions and stuff like that. Like I'm already, I'm already used to that, but you know, it's an added bonus. <laughs> it's like I want chicken nuggets, yay! Um, <laughs> I got into ABDL thanks to my sir, Master Mac, because uh, once I told him I was in the cartoons, he asked me. And I'm an ABDL. And I'm like, what is that? And he's like, they wear diapers, you know, color and stuff like that. Like, mm, I don't think that's me. Because, you know, when you think that, like, 
I didn't think it was weird. I thought it was more odd than anything else. Okay. Because I wasn't used to seeing, you know, you don't really hear about ABDLs. Right. But once I started researching, like, hmm, maybe this is me because I like watch cartoons. I like eating chicken nuggets every night so often. So I'm like, why don't I get wearing a diaper? Try. So I went to Walmart, bought my first pair of diapers. I was so scared too. Like, you know, like you don't you don't want to buy like don't look at my cart. Don't don't look at my shopping cart. I, I so, mean I felt like that when I first bought condoms too. I was like, don't look, don't ask me about it. <laughs> So I, I bought the first diapers and used them and like let my uh, sir know that uh, at that time he was like he's like uh, I'm gonna get put you in some proper ones because those ones are mo- mostly boring and for they're cheap. I'm like okay, so I gave it a try and I liked it ever since. I haven't been doing it lately because you know I don't really have the time to do it. But now that I work for Mister S, I may give it another try again. It would be it would be nice that Mister S could sell. ABDL products. If they're already selling kinky stuff, why not sell ABDL stuff? Because there's an ABDL community here. I I still gotta like get into it. I mean, I would say, and maybe it's just my own lack of knowledge, but I, from my observation, I don't really see ABDL out there very much. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like scrolling through Facebook and stuff, I'll see people in leather, I'll see people in gear, but I very rarely see like any presence online of abdl like it's there it's just very minimal because of the of the negative connotation when it comes to abdl because when you think abdl like uh some people think pedophile or you know oh he likes little oh he's weird he's weird as fuck and stuff like getting made fun of tlc when they were called tlc before freeform they did a documentary on abdl and it made it painted us in a very negative light like we were freaks, like there's something wrong with us mentally, and it's not fair. You know what I'm saying? Like just like anybody else can wear a pup hood or lick kit, like let me suck on your toes or eat pussy or eat your ass. What do you tell people? I mean, you, you you have the platform here. So if someone's listening to this episode right now and they're like, I don't get it, how do you explain to somebody what an ABDL is or what is it what is it for you? It's a form of therapy for me because it lets me get away as an activity with consenting adults. So it's, like, it's not like we're letting children come do this. It's, it's consenting adults. Okay. And it's, it's just it's another form of role play, you know, just like anything else. You're just choosing to play a role that is younger. Yes. Okay. What age would you say that you like regress to? If you were going to give it a number between two and three. Okay. So you, you really like the, I mean, I guess just kind of my observation of you wanting to be a a slave and a sub in age play and kind of getting out of the headspace of like being the adult that makes the decisions for yourself. You want somebody to kind of take care of making decisions for you. Yes. It seems like, okay. Interesting. What about the furry side of you? So I learned I was a furry uh, when I moved to Virginia because I loved wearing, uh, I loved looking at the fur suits and like, because I was always obsessed with mascots when I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, mas- uh, the mascots, because I like, oh, I want to be a mascot and everything. I'm like, then that just transformed to, oh, you can be anything you want to be now. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know that. So I see some of these elaborate costumes and people like, act out and stuff like that. And like, 
hear about the furry cons. I'm like, oh my God, I would love to go to that one day. I would love to. I'm like, so I started researching and I found out you can be a furry without having a fursuit. Can you explain that? Because I've never heard You can that. still identify as furry and still get commissioned. You like get, get pictures drawn of your fursona. As long as you like you create your own fursona, nobody can really tell you you're, you're not a furry. I have a fursona. His name is Shango, named after the African god of thunder. Okay. Um, so I like I like Thunder. My name or I have my pup name well, my wolf name is Wolf Thor. So, you know, I love Marvel. Pop by, <laughs> you know, Thunder and everything. So you're wearing a Marvel shirt right now with your leather vest. Yes. <laughs> so like I like I think my my wolf has as like a god of thunder. Like I, you know, vengeful, mischievous not, not mischievous, but vengeful, you know, always like more power like that that's my that's my persona and stuff like that so like i love it and like eventually i'll get a fursuit over time i just gotta buy it over time but i i like love this like i have several not several pieces but i got a couple pieces of my persona already uh did up of artwork i really like it you know i had one of my friends do one and i had got an official commission to like in regards to uh my furry it's, it's cool i like it that's awesome that's awesome so i hope to one day have a fursuit one day <laughs> so for individuals listening to the podcast who might not be kinky or just exploring um kink or leather or rubber or any of those things for the first time what would you say to individuals exploring for the first time like what what is leather kink bdsm what has it done for you in your life to bring you to where you are today why is it so valuable to you it gave me the confidence that i thought i would never give myself i'm still i'm still a work in progress everybody's still a work in progress we're not always perfect mm-hmm. but it helped me gain confidence into how i look how i act and like overall it has in- improved my me in general because i didn't used to be this confident person i used to be very timid shy didn't want to talk to nobody kept to myself you know don't talk to me but now i'm like i i try to i try to make friends you know what i'm saying because you never know they could be into the same thing you could be missing out on a valuable like person you can get to know and be a friend with so uh that's what the leather community has taught me you can take your time make friends make good connections you never know they could be into anime because i'm very big i'm an anime person i love anime like i'll watch sub more than i watch dub <laughs> and I met several friends who are were of every race that's into anime and the leather community. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a part of a group called Gay Pac Gamers, uh, Gamers People Color group, and it's just one big family. We may argue and stuff like who's better and stuff like that. <laughs> but in the day, we we were there for each other. You know, it sounds like your leather kink and your rubber community has like really provided you with a sense of confidence and family and coming into yourself and something that you said earlier, you know, you might, you might miss out on knowing somebody that's really special or knowing somebody that is into the same things that you are. And I would even take it a step further. I mean, for me and my experience saying yes to kinks and fetishes that it's okay for me to be into those things, like gave me the, the thought that like, wow, like if I had just said yes more often in my younger years, I saying yes to yourself allows you to get to know a big part of who you are. And how unfortunate would that be if you were to like live within the boundaries that you set yourself up with and 
never learn really who you are. No, I completely agree with you. That's what, I, I, I like that. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Well, Cortez, it was really awesome having you here on the show. How can we reach out? How can we get connected with you? Um, I'm on Twitter, the handle at Sexy Short Sailor. Okay. <laughs> on Facebook, uh, I am Cortez Matpack. So Cortez, C-O-R-T-E-Z, and then Matpack, M-A-C-P-A-C-K, together. On Instagram, I am Wolf Thor for my kinky one. My non-kinky one is Cosmic Warrior 93. Well, Cortez, before we go, do you have any last words for our audience? Just live in your truth. Don't be afraid to be yourself. Take your time learning to who you who you are as an individual. Don't rush because you may hurt yourself and others. Just take it one step at a time. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for coming on the show, Cortez. As always, guys, you can find me on Instagram and Patreon as Leather Talk Mr. Bullet and Twitter as Brandon Bullet LA. Thanks again for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay geeky.